Welcome to the Garbage Fire Podcast, a.k.a. MFKS Radio, on the airwave style at 487.52. Your pod is hosted by Kelsey and Megan, who have been brought back to life by a Claire Fraser ham job. <laughs> well, now I know what you thought of that part. <laughs> so good. The Garbage Fire Pod is all about being unironically passionate to the point that you would dive into the dumpster for the things that you love. Okay, before we start, I have to say that while you were saying the first little bit, I had, like, you know the, like, suspicious face that you make when you're not sure what someone's gonna say? Uh-huh. That was me. <laughs> I was, like, wincing so hard, because I was like, what's gonna happen? That's what happens when I keep secrets from you. It's true. It's true. That was a good one. That might be your best one yet. Thank you. I've been thinking about that all day. I, I thought about, about texting it to you, and I was like, no, I need to save that. No, I'm glad you didn't. That was good. Good lord, can we talk about Outlander, please? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we have two two weeks of episodes to talk about? Yeah, we have two weeks of episodes to talk about. Okay. Last week's episode, I don't know what it was called, but it should have just been called Man Pain. Oh my god. Because that's all it Both was. Both of them. Both this, of them. This one two in a different in a way. This one was different. Because the, this one, the man, there was lots of man pain, but there was like a, a, a catalyst for it that we all saw. It, very, it was like very immediate. Uh-huh. Last week's episode was, it felt, it, I mean, I, again, I've read the book. I knew it was coming. It was very overwrought. You think so? Some of the, the man pain. Oh, God, yeah, it was too much. Too, too, too much. Okay, why don't we talk about it in chronological order then? So we okay. can separate our thoughts and ideas. Okay. Um... So we talked last time about how Roger was hung um, by the, whatever they're called, the Brits, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the governor, Tryon and his forces. Yeah, and, the militia. Yes, the militia, thank you. And you and I both knew that he didn't actually die, yeah. but we didn't know how they were going to quite resolve this. So they start yeah. the episode with this flashback. About famous last words. And let me just tell you, Roger's a shit teacher. Oh my god, he's terrible. That <laughs> essay topic? So fuck me. Shit. If I gave my kids that essay topic, I mean, sure, he was a professor, but whatever. If I gave those vague instructions to my students, they'd be like, uh, are you on drugs? Also, as one student aptly pointed out, it's not a fucking creative writing course. It's a goddamn history course. Like, why I mean, are you telling me to do this assignment? You could argue that a lot of history courses or a lot of history texts are just creative writing, but that's a conversation for another day. Okay, we're going to have to put a fucking pin in that and come back to it for a whole episode, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so yeah, it started off with the, the flashback to like when Roger was, you know, in the present times or whatever the 60s or whatever it was and 70s when he's teaching and that's fine and then somehow like just <laughs> Bree just shows up in his classroom and yeah. I was just like fuck right off with all of this nonsense this is insane um it was so it was so unnecessary like I, al- although if she had showed up in his classroom and then they had like fucked on the table I'd have been like okay Alondra at least you're like you know because that would have at least Megan, been slightly more realistic this is Roger we're talking about here. I understand but I'm just <laughs> saying <laughs> In your fan fiction of this fan fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just 
just saying it would it would have it would have somehow rung more true to like what Outlander is all about than what actually yeah. they showed on the screen. For sure, for sure, for sure. Um, did you? What were your thoughts on the device of the silent movie um, PTSD that Roger was going through? Well, I mean, I understand why they made the choice, but I don't think I liked it. Okay. So as we were watching it, I was I watched it, and Riva had started it um, a little bit before I had because I waited until like until ten until it aired to watch it, and so. We started it roughly at the same time, but she didn't have commercials to worry about, so she got gotcha. She got finished a little bit before I did, but um, we were texting back and forth mostly about that framing device more than anything. Um, and I get it, and I understand why they made the choice to frame it as a silent movie, because obviously he's lost his voice, and mm-hmm. there's you know some interesting sort of symbolic um, notions there. there. Yeah. However, it kept bringing me out of the story. I felt. Yeah. What bugged me was the sound of the projector. Yes. If they had just done the framing without the first time, maybe the sound, having the sound the first time to kind of set it up. Until he's hung and then silence, I think, is what it should have been. Yeah, because the sound of the projector kept sort of startling me out of paying attention to what was going on. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and I think like, I, part of it is because I know what's going on. Like, do you know what I mean? I'm kind of like, well, how are they going to do this? And how? And, and so I feel like that's part of why some of the things they try I don't love. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was my opinion on the framing device. So that's fair. I I again, I appreciated what they were attempting to do, but. I felt it was distracting mostly by the sound of the projector. But I... Oh, God. I was just like, (laughs) you do not understand my joy of realizing that I was going to hopefully listen to a whole episode and not hear Roger say a fucking word. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, oh, I hope they really, really drank (laughs) this. Fun fact, uh, while we're talking about Roger, uh, I was watching, rewatching The Last Kingdom right now because mm-hmm. uh, season four comes out on Sunday. And I burned through a fuckload of those episodes on Saturday, let me tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when I should have been doing other things. But anyway, um, uh, Richard Rankin is in uh, Last Kingdom in season two. He's like a priest or a whatever. I, I remember. And when he started talking, I was like, nope. Uh, I'm not wrong. But it made me, like, you talk about this concept of man pain, and it made me so, it made me so angry and made me so empathetic with Brie for once, which is extremely difficult for me. Uh And when she just reams him out and says, like, I have been through trauma too, and... Yet, I know that I have a family to take care of. I have a son to take care of. I have people relying on me. And I do not fucking let myself wallow in this like you are and refuse to try to help yourself. Uh-huh. And I was just well, like, holy shit, Brie. And that was something that I found really interesting. Um, 
that's something I found really interesting about the show. I, I I mean, not that the books don't do it, but I think the show does a pretty good job of showing the female characters as strong and capable. Mm-hmm. At, at mm-hmm. pretty much every juncture. Yeah. Like, it is very rare on this show that you get, like, a named female character who isn't a badass Garbage. in some way. <laughs> right? No, but, like, but they're, like I mean, there's going to be some, like, female characters that they're just extras and we don't know anything about them and, like, yeah. whatever they are, what they are. But anyone whose name and a little bit of their story that we've learned is yeah. an outstanding character. They're layered, they're complex, like... Think of all the stuff frickin' Jenny has gone through just to, just to keep their, like, house running and the tenants running. Like, there's so much that she has done mm-hmm. while Jamie has just been gone, you yeah, know? Yeah, like, Well, and then it's... now when we look at, well, now when we, even, like, with Brie, and I'm not, like, a huge fan of, of show Brie at all, really. I don't mind her in the books, but I'm not a huge fan of her. In the show. Um, but she's obviously very capable. She's very smart. And she uses that to her advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, in lots of different ways. And she's learned how to sort of seamlessly integrate herself into this society that they now live in. And, you know, she's taken herself out of her own time and has actually done a pretty remarkable job. Of fitting of, in. Yeah. Of fitting in. Just like Claire has. And, um, you know, and, and then you look at someone like Marcelie and, and how she's obviously shown some aptitude in the, um, you know, in the medical field. And so Claire has like, has taught her something, you know, all this kind of stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that that's all really, really interesting. Cause you have all these characters, you have Jocasta, you know, who's a fucking badass and has been through some shit, um, 100%. as, as we've learned. And so I think that that's a really interesting, a really interesting thing. But I think some of the men on this show are just like, holy Jesus. Well, like, here's the thing. Here's here's what I contend. That this situation that Roger found himself in, which I'm not going to downplay. Like, obviously, nearly being hun- hung to death is fucking terrifying and horrible. And I don't want to downplay that experience as its own trauma. However... I think this is the first trauma Roger has ever experienced ever. Oh, absolutely. And he is absolutely incapable of helping himself, of helping others, of having perspective, and even just asking for help or asking to help. Like, Brie fits in so well because she says, Mama, what do you need? What can I do? hmm And it just seems like for Roger, that's never going to be the first thing in his mind. Now, we can talk about him for the second episode in a second because there could be a counter-argument to that. But up to this point, like, it takes... It takes so much for him to come to that realization. Like, they allude to months and months and months of this. Mm-hmm. I like, think part of it with him, too, is that he's embarrassed. Because at the end of the day, he knows he did this to himself. 
Like, yeah, because he was a fucking idiot touching someone else's wife. Yeah, and, and you know, regardless of whether he's a cousin or what, it, none of it matters, right? Mm-hmm. He did this to himself, and I think that there's this, like, there's a point of pride for him where he is embarrassed. And I also think, and I don't think it excuses his wallowing for however long, whereas, like, Jamie Fraser's like, ah, fuck, this again. Like, it's just one more thing. But I think for, for Roger, part of his struggle with this is that, you know, his father-in-law is Jamie Fraser, right? And yes. as as yes. we know, Roger has, like, expressed a little bit of that insecurity, and Claire has recognized it, and Brie has recognized it, and But whatever. also, Jamie is king of all men. Like, yeah, you need so, to... Yeah. You need to hold yourself to a standard, obviously, Roger. Just any standard would be nice. Yeah. But also don't overreach like <laughs> no no but it, but, and, but I think that that's part of his issue right is that he is he's he's living in the shadow of this man who, this this like ultimately this who this man who was a mythical figure until they discovered that he hadn't actually died at Culloden right and like right you know and so he's living in the shadow of this of this whatever you want to call Jamie I don't even know this titan king Let's of all men titan. king of all men <laughs> And, and, you know, and I think, I mean, like, for sure he feels inadequate at all times. And then he goes and does something really fucking dumb. Uh-huh. And almost gets himself killed. Right? And I, and I just, I like, and I'm not, not to excuse his behavior, but I always feel like that's the thing with him. It's like, that's where so much of his inadequacy lies, is like, within himself. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily that other people feel that he's incapable, but he... No doesn't live up to the standard that he thinks he needs to live up to, therefore he's not. Which I find so interesting, because me and Roger ironically share (laughs) what I call a bottom-dweller (laughs) self-esteem. And yet, even I, even I, am like, what the fuck are you doing, my dude? Like, how, how much longer can you live in this silence, how can you refuse to talk to your son and interact with your son? I know. Like just, I understand well, being embarrassed and ashamed to, you know, act as if everything's cool around Jamie and Claire and and Brie. I get that because he's he's such an outsider from them. But to not even try around his son like that just made me so angry well and i think the other thing too i I think that even though you know he did the little blood oath thing and claimed jemmy as his own or whatever i think there's still that there's that specter of stephen bonnet hanging over them as well Mm -hmm. and i think that that's all part of it right like i think that you know deep down in roger's mind somewhere he knows that jemmy's not his kid Mm -hmm. um Right, and, and that whatever, whatever, and they also know that Bonnet's not dead. So, yeah. you know, there's this there's this real potential that at some point in time, Stephen Bonnet is going to come back into their lives. And Roger was, you know, unable to protect Brie from him before. Yeah, but what can he then. do? Well, but <laughs> that's, no, but that's exactly it. But he fucked up then, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then he... Anyway, so I feel like there's a lot of things with Roger that, like, the show misses, because his character in the books is not as aggravating. No, but he's it's a lo- also... 
he's a lot more pragmatic in the books, I think, and, like, just kind of na- naturally cautious and whatever, but you get reasons for it, whereas the show never gives you any of that. It's just always this, like, constant attempt to live up to the example set by his father-in-law, and he can never meet it, so he should stop trying. But he's a man, so he won't. <sighs> but, but that's what I mean, like, there's this constant, there's this constant waffling of like is roger capable is he helpful does he prove himself and then he does and then we go to the next episode and he's just worthless again it's just like Mm -hmm. can we just build on something please well and i mean and it's okay like this is the same thing that they did this particular season um on the walking dead with carol Mm. who for all of the a long long time has been one of the best characters on the show and then this year she just did the dumbest fucking thing that like resulted in well I don't know if they're dead or not we haven't seen them again but when, on the walking dead if you don't see the body they're not you don't know if they're dead it's one of those mm-hmm. things but like she just did this thing that was just so reckless and stupid i was like carol would never do that yeah. But then they but then they wrote something in later on which I guess it didn't explain it away but like basically Tried she to was justify it. she was punishing herself for some shit that happened before. And so she thought by like making this grand gesture that she would be able to sort of rectify things and then it all backfired. But she doesn't talk to anybody. She doesn't you know, and it's the same kind of thing with Roger just sort of suffers in silence ultimately. Um and you know, like, and then, literal and figurative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, Carol will talk to people about what they're doing or whatever, but she'll keep all these secrets and hold all of this stuff in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when, you know, and then it, then people start to question motiv- their motivations and et cetera, et cetera. And then, like, so the way that that episode ended with Roger then, I thought was nice. Yes, it was also just... How much how much joy in your heart did you feel when you saw young Ian? Oh my god, so much. I actually hit pause and I was just like, yeah, Ian's back. And then I was like, we were just talking about this. I know. And I, I just love and adore him so much. And it was just so upsetting. Like, it was way more upsetting to see young Ian go through that parallel mm-hmm. of experience than it was to see Roger. Well, and I think the thing with Ian, this was my thought, because Reva and I had this conversation, too, about Ian, is that he has been gone for however long he's been gone. I don't even know. And very clearly, something has happened. Mm -hmm. And he is not ready to talk about it. Mm -hmm. But he will at least talk to people. Mm -hmm. He's just walled off that, that piece of himself for right now. Um, but when he was, like, sleeping out on the porch. But that's the thing, and that's why it felt like he and Roger were so similar, because Roger is not comfortable in this society. And Ian's been gone, I don't know, probably over a year, I assume. Yeah, something like that. And now he's like, what is it to live in this, like, lordly house with all this food and, like... I shot the boar, so it's my duty and responsibility to prepare it and and to to be true to who he is now. Mm-hmm. And 
but it felt like Ian was doing so much more effort Mm -hmm. for the benefit of other people, even though you could see it was killing him on the inside. Well, and and I think he also has the benefit of, I mean, and he doesn't, you know, necessarily know this, right? But I think, like, when they're sitting around the dinner table and you know, they're asking him questions and he didn't want to answer anything. And then Claire just kind of like stepped in and mm-hmm. and she redirected the, the conversation and whatever. She's been in that position, right? Where she's come into yeah. this culture that she's not familiar with and, and whatnot. And, and I mean, Roger and Bree to a lesser extent, but their circumstances coming into it were a little bit more traumatic than Claire's. I think Claire like fit in better kind of well, off but the even hop. Claire, even Claire going back to her present right yes. like those she's done it three times now yeah and so she's she knows kind of what it's like to sit at a table or be with people that you should feel comfortable with but but don't, yeah. don't feel comfortable with them right and and sort of knowing um you know how to how to navigate some of those situations um and i mean again going back to the thing about Jamie being like the king of all men cuz he really is cuz when when poor young Ian was just sleeping out on the porch and Jamie just came out and sat with him, mm-hmm. but asked first if he could. Yeah. I was just and like, didn't oh, say like, you need to talk about it now. Just saying like, can I sit here? And if you want to talk, I'm happy to listen. But yeah, if it's okay with you, I'd just like to sit here. Yeah. Like just bless his heart. <sighs> just so compassionate. Yeah, he's, uh, he is the king of all men. It is, it is true. Okay, so this is my question for you. Okay. Um, Jamie, I think, let's put him, as well as being king of all men, he's king of all trauma. (laughs) Oh my lord, is he ever. (laughs) He's been whipped. He's been stabbed. He's been, you know, fucking raped. He's been, (laughs) like, what hasn't he been? Nearly drown. <laughs> he's been Has he been hanged? He's almost died. Um, he I was swear going to be hanged. Tried. Yeah, but he hasn't nearly. been hanged. And he's been hunted, and he like, and he's been he, shot, and he's, he's been, been stabbed. It's and like he, Groundhog Day. He's he had been a, electrocuted. He had a fucking <laughs> gash in his fucking leg that would have killed him. Um, yes, after but Kalodin, even. Then. Even before all that happened, like, I'd say the first true kind of trauma that we see is when Blackjack um, assaults Jenny for him. And even up to that point, he wasn't as shitty as Rogers. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no. Well, I also think that, I I think that that's, like, part of Roger being out of time, like, you know, from the the future. Mm -hmm. Where, like, (laughs) Jamie lives in a world which, like, again, doesn't excuse any of it, but he lives in a world where shit like that happens to people. Like, people get their hands cut off when they steal things, and, like, you know, there's that, like, that, that, that sort of notion of justice and what that looks like, and he would have seen things like that growing up, and not that it makes it okay, but, like, it's been normalized for him in a way that it still hasn't been for Roger. But Roger... He's an orphan. Roger's a... And he's also a fucking historian. Like, it's not like he doesn't know this shit exists. That's what I'm talking about. Like, oh, it just makes me so crazy how much he lacks perspective. Yes. And... Oh, just so angry. Which, like... Whatever, we can talk about it when we talk about the second episode. But 
I was like shocked to my core when he came and kicked over the stuff that Ian had uh-huh. stolen, the poison. Because I uh-huh. thought of all scenarios, he would be too fucking dumb to realize what it was. And well, realize and- what was happening with Ian. But I think, I mean, if you want, if you frame it that way and you look at that, 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 I don't want to call it a conversation that he had with Brie because it was definitely a one-sided conversation. <laughs> um, the talking to he had? Yes. He got dressed the down. The dressing down by the Boy, mom? did he. <laughs> <laughs> um... But, like, when you look at that and then you frame the discussion then that he has with Ian and, like, look at it through the lens of that talking Mm -hmm. to he got from Brie, that was their way of showing us that he listened and Mm -hmm. understood what she was saying. Yeah. And he, but he needed to have that revelation away from her mm -hmm. in order to be able to have it with her. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah, when... When he came and did, yeah, I was, I was surprised he knew it was happening as well. But um, it was nice that they were able to have a conversation, the two of them, afterwards as well. Yes, and to and to help each other in a way. I was actually really shocked. I've only watched the previous season once, but isn't Ian the one who makes Jamie think that Roger is Stephen Bonnet? Or not as Stephen Bonnet, but is the one who assaulted Brie? I think so. Because Lizzie tells Ian? Yeah. Yeah, because Lizzie... Well, because Lizzie saw Brie and Roger going... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Did they have much of a relationship before Ian went to the Mohawk? Like, their embrace when Ian returned seems so... Bizarre. I think me. so. Well, I, I kind of have the same feeling too, but I also think that, like, generally speaking, when a family member returns from yeah. the perils of fucking whatever, I feel like people were just excited to see them. Right? That's like, true. That's I, true. I, I, I feel like it, it's very different. Gone. Like, just, just stop it and think whenever the fuck you and I get to see each other again, I'm probably going to hug you. And that's not a thing I do very often. Um, Megan, we're going to hug and we're also going to cry for 57 minutes. Oh, absolutely. We should just record it and then post that as an episode. <laughs> just cathartic crime. Right? But, like, but you know what I mean? And, like, this is... Uh, we still get to talk fairly regularly. And by fairly regular, I mean, like, all day long. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? We haven't been cut off from each other in any appreciable way. Yeah. Right? But, like, we'll still have that that reaction and so i think in these times knowing what the and i feel like the and i don't know are you watching it on w or are you watching it like elsewhere no it's on w okay so you know the little like the commercial that's come that comes on every once in a while for w talks about one of the voiceovers from claire talks about like the perils of the carolina wilderness yeah and i i think i've been thinking about that a lot um this season as we watch because like the the natural world is as much of a threat as anything else to them as we see in the second episode. As we see in the second episode, right? But, like, but I keep thinking about that. So I feel like at any, you know, any point in time when someone comes back from wherever they are, right? Even if it's a two-day journey. Like, they're yeah. home, they're safe. So to me, like, as much as Roger and Ian didn't have a great relationship necessarily, or, like, a really a, a tight relationship, I feel like Ian's part of the family. Yeah, okay. And therefore, Roger's happy to see him. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. 
right? Just because I, I, I mean, I think like all of a sudden when you see someone, um, and I don't remember, I'd have to like go back and think about it, but like in, cause in, in the show, they didn't have Brie meeting Jenny, did they? No. She just met Ian. I think so. Yeah. Cause in the book she meets Jenny. Mm-hmm. She goes and, there first, yeah. I yeah, remember. she goes there first, and she meets Jenny, and like they're re- they've never met, and she's welcomed into because she looks exactly like Jamie, right? So she's yeah. welcomed into that home as if she's been there her entire life. Yeah, and so Which I feel like it's very I similar. I feel bad for Claire about given the two extremely cold receptions she received from <laughs> <Yes>. Jenny. <laughs> oh, Boise, and Bree's just like niece. Who we've never met. <laughs> yeah. And who we didn't know existed. Yeah. Like, yeah. good lord. Yeah, but I feel like that reaction is the same, right? Like, it's just, they're, but he's back, he's safe. We don't know how mm-hmm. long he's going to stay, but it's Ian. It's Ian, yeah. And he's here, and, and he's, yeah. yeah. We can see him, we can touch him, we can, yeah. We can do all that. Okay, that makes sense. Hey, um, where did Jocasta go? She went back to her place, didn't she? Where? What do you mean? Well, back to her, because isn't she, she still lives in fucking, I don't know. I thought she lived at River Run. Yeah, she's at River Run, and she's not at Fraser's Landing, so she's back at her. Well, where was Murtaugh buried? I feel like he might have been buried on the ridge. It was, I thought that, okay, well, I'm confused then. It died on because I thought that was at her house that maybe it was. He See, this is what happens when you when you put shit in when you put shit in the show that isn't in the book. Books. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we don't know what's happening. Um, I was like, is she going back to Scotland? Like, what? No, what? No. Why is this Most, so emotional? In the books, Jamie goes down to Wilmington like fucking once every two months. Like, yeah. what? Yeah, I didn't quite understand that. Yeah. Um, so forgot what I was gonna say. She's just, she's just heaven, though. She is. She's uh, incredible. She is absolutely phenomenal. I think the first time I remember seeing her in anything or with any, like, real clarity, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I think she was Catherine of Aragon in The Tudors. I haven't seen The Tudors, so oh, I wouldn't so know. great. Um... Yeah, she, I'm pretty sure she was Catherine of Aragon in The Tudors. And she's, like, she just has that, like, regal air about her. She's so good. It's... And, like, the and the, and like the blindness bit, she's so yeah. good at playing a blind woman. Crushed it. Crushed it, crushed it. And, and doing so in a way where it wasn't distracting. Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't unnatural and, and put on. It mm-hmm. felt... It felt so genuine. She just, yeah, yeah she yeah. absolutely did a great job. I was sad to see her go. But then we got young Ian back, and can we talk about his excellent hair? It's wonderful. It's so good. His whole vibe, loving it, but so bizarre to see him riding a horse. <laughs> like, <laughs> because young Ian was like such. He was so, like, foppish, like, he's so naive previous to this and just so earnest, and now he's just, like, this hardened Indian warrior, and I was just, like, such 
a confusing mind meld that was for me. Well, and what's really, like, what's really interesting, too, and I mean, obviously, like, time has passed in in the show and in real life, and so Mm -hmm. the actor has aged a little bit, and, like, you know, he's not quite that, like, little boy anymore that when he first showed up, like, where he was kind of, like, young and guileless and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, like, Ian has seen some shit. (laughs) For sure. Ian has definitely scalped people. There's no question in my mind. No question about it. Right, and so, like, and, and we haven't learned a lot about him just yet, but... Um, I assume we will. But we're going to, and I think that that... But I think that, like, his... The change in his appearance um, is is a lot more significant than, like, if you haven't read the book, then maybe yeah. you might know. Because he, he has seen some stuff. And yeah. it's very clear that on his journey from wherever he was, he took the time and the care to, like, reshave his head. Yeah, it's, like, we don't know how long he, since he left the tribe, it seems like it's been a while. Like, it seems like he's been kind of just, like, wandering. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, he still kept that side of his identity extremely strong. Yeah. And adopted it. Very well, even just his discomfort of being in the house again is clear. Yeah. yeah. But God yeah. does he and fucking tell the truth. God he sure does. God he gives Jamie such a fucking talking to in the second episode. I was so proud of him. Mm-hmm. Okay. Anything else to say about famous last words? Um, yeah, no, I just, I, part of me wishes that those had been Roger's last words, like, just (laughs) done with it. Mm -hmm. Um, because, and I, the only reason is, like, I know the story arc needs to be resolved, and and it's going to be, and it'll be good, and whatever. But, like, the bonnet stuff, just, like, it's just this specter hanging over everyone's heads now. I know. Including ours, as an audience. Like, we know it's Mm -hmm. coming. And we know how bad it can be. Yeah, and, like, I mean, that guy that they cast to play Stephen Bonnet is just fucking unreal, and I like every time he's on screen. I know I some know. terrible shit is gonna happen, mm-hmm. but he's so good at playing the villain. It's like, so interesting how similar I felt he is to Tobias, because, like, I thought he fucking crushed it as Blackjack. Oh, he was and so much better as Blackjack than he was as Frank. Absolutely. And I feel like this is just the same. Like, the casting in this show has been phenomenal. It, yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's, like, a a major-ish character that, like, has been poorly cast. Well, we and, both aren't crazy about Brie, but... No, but, I mean, there's... There's only so much you can do to put her... She's yeah. fine. But there's only so much you can do to cast somebody who's, like, basically, like, a young Gwendolyn Christie, right? Like, that's kind of what you need to, like, really... hundred percent. To really embody... percent. Can you imagine the show with a young Gwendolyn Christie? Right? Because, like, in the book, she's described as, like, almost... She's almost as tall as Jamie. Yeah, she's a mountain. Yeah, and, and, and Brie just isn't. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, but, like, if you had, yeah, like, someone who was, like, a young Gwendolyn Christie, like, that size and that stature. An Amazon, um, yeah. Which I think would, which I find really interesting 
the casting of Brie in that respect. Because, like, Roger, whatever, he is what he is. But, like, you couldn't have cast someone who looked more or resembled the book version of Brie more against yeah. Richard Rankin. Like, you couldn't do it. Mm-mm. It just, it wouldn't be believable. Yeah. He's, yeah. It's fr- I think I'm more frustrated with the storytelling storytelling choices than anything. Like, I think yeah. Richard Rankin does, he does a really good job in these two episodes. Like, in no way was I like, well, I don't believe it. You know, like, it was yep. all very, it's uh, a word that I'm looking for, genuine. Yeah. Um, but he's just so fucking useless, Megan. My mm-hmm. God. Well, and I think, again, too, I think the other thing I'm trying to remember as I get frustrated with some of these things is that they're trying to tell a very big story in a very small amount of time. Yeah. Right? Like, they're trying to tell the story of an 800-page novel in 13-hour-long episodes of TV. <laughs> Yeah, the books are also too long, but that's <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a that's, that's a, another famous criticism. Of yeah, that's a discussion for another day. Um, yeah. but no, but I think that's the other thing too is how do you decide what's important and what's not? And the other problem is they're building on source material, and I don't know how long this show is going to go, but the series of books isn't finished yet. Yeah, right. It's a and Game so, of Thrones problem. Yeah, it's not quite as bad as Game of, Game of Thrones because there's eight books at least in this one, so there's more to draw from, but. The series itself hasn't finished yet. And so, like, some of the... You have to... And, I mean, obviously, um, Diane is one of the producers or a consultant or whatever. And so I'm sure that she gives them some insight as to, like, <laughs> decisions what maybe wants, not yeah. to make. Right? Yeah. Kind of like... Uh, I, I remember reading with Harry Potter, and I can't remember which one it was, which movie it was. They were going to kill Creature, I think. And uh, J.K. Rowling was like, mm, you probably shouldn't. <laughs> and just left it at that. She didn't, like, didn't give any indication as to why. She was yeah. just like, mm, wouldn't wouldn't make that choice. And then they didn't. You know, so I feel like Diana has a role sort of similar to that. But I think that part of the problem is, like, some of the stories that they could maybe leave out or whatever. They don't know if they actually could because we still have this. It's a question mark. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of the problem. Didn't you, like, I got this weird vibe from... When um, Lord John gave Brie the whatever the fuck, um, it felt a little bit too familiar, a little bit too flirtatious. Mm -hmm. Did you get that vibe also? Like him just like standing right behind her and like whispering in his ear. And I was like, you just love to push boundaries, don't you, Lord John? He does, but I also sort of feel like with Lord John, if he can't have Jamie, right? Like, <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I'm not saying it's right, but I sort of feel like with him, and I, I don't think as much as I love Lord John, and I like him so much better in the show than I liked him in the books. Agreed. Um, and th- th- a small, not small part of that is casting. Like, let's just be straight up front here. David Barry oh, kills he's- it. He's. He's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, it's great. Um, I would watch. I would watch the story of. I would watch any of like the the Lord John novels that she's written with him as Lord John. A hundred percent. Give Just... me that series, please. Yeah, yeah, that would be amazing. So I feel like that's part of it. But I really I like Lord John in the show. Um, but I I feel like with him every time he shows up, 
we have to sort of remember that, like, as much as we like him, he's still a redcoat. He's still... Right? So he's trying to figure out a way to, like, protect his friends as best he can. Knowing that Jamie's into some shady shit and, you know, whatever whatever else is going on. But that he is still in that, like, establishment. But he's... Well, now that the... I don't want to say war, because I don't think it, that's the best word for it. But now that the troubles are over, like, what is Jamie doing that's illegal? Well, nothing as of yet. But yes. there's other Nothing yet. <laughs> but there's ship ruin up north that we all know is coming, right? So yeah. that's the other thing, too. That I think we're just, we're, we're getting to that point. Mm-hmm. Where where he still has there's still the the diplomatic part of his life that needs to stay, um, on the level. On, yes, on the level, so that he because I mean mm-hmm. the the risk for him, of course, is that he's going to like lose his title and lose his command and whatever, but also like potentially lose his life, mm-hmm. right? And so he, there's a little there's some like self preservation shit, but no, he just likes to. I think I think part of it too with him is like he knows he can exert a measure of control over. This group of people, and he likes to sort of Enjoy like you say, that. he of course he does. He 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 pushes the boundaries and and whatever pushes as far as he can, and then he stops. And then that's we see true. Him Consent is very important to Lord John Gray. It is very important. We should all take a lesson or two. But I also and I also think part of his you know whatever like it, it did feel very familiar. But I also think part of it too is him. That's his way sort of of letting them know that he's still on their side. Yeah, I guess so. There's that connection piece as well, which I think is important. Because wasn't he, like, straight up ready to marry Brie when she was pregnant? Yeah, because, yeah, absolutely, to to make an honest woman of her, for sure. Yeah. Oh, Lord John. So unselfish. Right, yeah, but but, let's be honest here. Can't have Jamie. Next best thing. (laughs) Yeah, but he's also not interested in women whatsoever. No, of course not. But like, but but How if is he that marries next best thing, it's about ownership. Then if he marries Bree, then he gets ultimately to be around Jamie like legitimately. Doesn't have I to see. like invent that. reasons to you know yes, visit yes, yes. or whatever, right? <laughs> to go to this fucking yeah random settlement yeah so nine hours into be... the North Carolina wilderness yeah exactly because it would just be like oh family dinner right like very yeah. very very different sort of thing um, and but I also think like he understands better maybe than we've gotten a look at in the show I think he understands better than than most what the this society how it functions and yeah. the roles that people need to play I think he's pretty good because he's been living a double life. Yeah, and that's essentially all that Jamie does. Right. And so I think and I think because of that, I think because Lord John has been living this double life for ever, ultimately, that he's pretty pretty well suited to like navigate those tough situations. Mm-hmm. And so he saw a problem that he could easily fix when Bree was pregnant. Yeah. Right, he was like, I can, I can fix this. I know how, and I know why it will work. Ultimately. I marry women who don't <laughs> want to marry me in order to save children of the men I love. <laughs> like, put it on his tombstone. Yeah. <laughs> 
But you know, but he was able to. He saw the problem, and he knowing how the the society functions, he's like, if this ends this way, everything will be fine. Yeah, that's and true. that's sort of his way into all of that. You want to talk about last night's episode? Yeah, let's do it. Um, so uh, the first thing <laughs> it I want to so talk about stupid. it was. <laughs> The first thing I want to talk about is the fucking buffalo that charged them on the settlement and the terrible green screening. Oh, it was hilarious. When, when Bree got like almost gored by this laughing. fucking thing. It was the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, and it was the best part of that episode. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Carolina Wilderness, there are perils in the Carolina Wilderness. Yeah. I feel like that's where we need to start. Jamie got bit by a fucking snake. And what a snake it was. What a snake. Ugh. Anyway. It's just, like... <sighs> Jamie got bit by a snake, and Roger was the one who, like, dragged him to safety, ultimately. So, like, I don't know if Roger's dick grew because of it. I have no idea. But, like... <laughs> He got to, like, be the hero for a little while. And at the end of it all, got to remind Jamie that he helped save him and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, <sighs> that was so... It made me so angry. It's just like, <laughs> when he's sitting there gloating over I Jamie's... I was just like, what? Roger, this is so unlike you. Like, not a, not only is it uncharacteristic of you to save the day, it's uncharacteristic of you to be like... <laughs> You see that, Dad? Look who's a man now. Like, so the thing I that bothered me maybe more than anything about that episode is that Jamie's the, I mean, nipples when he had a, a fever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that really made me angry. I no, I did notice, but I was, no, okay. that's not the thing that bothered me. But it did have to do with him having a fever. Um, it was how like they did an incredible job with makeup and whatever, like, to make him look as sickly as he was. Mm -hmm. And what bothered me about that is that is what he needed to look like in season one when Claire, like... Saves him. Saves him. Yep. Because in season one, he did not, like, I mean, whatever. It was awful and, and you know, I'm not trying to, like, minimize that. But he was tortured and he was extremely ill, but season one made it mostly mental when the, yeah, he they, was they, also extremely physically ill. Yeah, they glossed over it. And he and like cuz Claire describes how like he lost all this weight and all the and all yeah. the stuff and they glossed over it like it was nothing. And that so when mm-hmm. I saw that I was like that's what they should have done in season 1. For sure, for sure. That's how that should have that's how that should have gone. Um but like what I liked about the two episodes put together back to back as they were mm-hmm. is that the conflict that existed in them was small conflict it was nice for once it was nice for once that like their lives weren't in danger because of the fucking red coats or what like it was just kind of nice to have these like small little family oriented Uh episodes but also like of course jamie isn't gonna die like, well, obviously, because Jamie Claire gave him a magical hand job. So. She gave him a magic hand job that caused him to start breathing again and walk away from the tunnel. <laughs> like, <laughs> if Jamie is king of men, Claire is queen of the universe. Oh, like, absolutely. 
absurd 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 oh it was so it was so funny it was so funny and he was like i'm essentially like wakes her up and is like i'm ready to die please touch me and she takes off her clothes and lays on top of him and her arms are moving yeah where are your arms where are they what are they doing what claire what medically (laughs) what medically (laughs) are you doing right now to have this man live like what the fuck well also claire how have you not even tried to replace your syringe yet right it's been months yeah and you Mm -hmm. have nothing you have Mm -hmm. nothing come on that's horseshit so, okay, so Jamie and Roger go out shooting, which here's another thing that bothered me about this episode now that I think on it some more. I get that Brie is, like, doing her best to fit in, but, but there's no fucking way that Brianna is going to say no to spending the day with her dad shooting, shooting stuff. Yeah. No possible this is, way. This is the thing. Roger is more capable of women's work at uh-huh. this time quote-unquote, women's work than Brie uh-huh. is. Yeah, and vice versa, I think. And he should have been helping with the indigo, chatting with the ladies, singing to them, like, mm-hmm. what the fuck mm-hmm. was he doing out there? Well, it's not like the people that live on the ridge don't know that he's more capable of those things anyway. Like, it, you know what I mean? It's not like they'd be working with a whole bunch of new people. Yeah. That would be like, why is this man here? Exactly. It's so ridiculous. Like, yeah. they're living in utilitarian times. Mm-hmm. We need all of our best hunters and trackers because winter is coming and we mm-hmm. need food for the winter. Don't mm-hmm. take this wet noodle history professor <laughs> who just decided to speak like yesterday. <laughs> well, that... that- also t- was a thought of it that I had before any of the bad shit happened. I was like, this is a liability. Because yeah, Roger he can't, can't talk. do anything. He can't ask for help. He can't yeah. say anything. And he's still somehow the loudest fucking thing in the forest that's like <laughs> scaring away all the animals. Like, <laughs> God. Although, did you laugh out loud when Jamie was bit by the snake? I well, it was funny because I'd, and then I was like, oh, yeah. And I was like, so that's stupid. It was dumb. Well, and it was funny. Then, like, later on, when he's, like, lying on his deathbed, and Claire's, like, she's mad Jerking. at him. No, yeah. no, before then, because she's oh. angry with him that he let himself get bit by a snake. And I was like, yeah, it's probably a fair thing to be angry about, actually. Yeah. Like, like I said, Jamie is king of all trauma. If uh-huh. something has happened, it's happened to him. But then. I was so mad at Jamie because he's just like, well, guess I'll die. I was like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking You would rather die and leave everyone and everything that you've sacrificed and, like, tried to maintain at on a razor's edge your integrity to Scotland and your beliefs and your family and your heritage and nearly died doing that. Being willing to die for do that. But no, take my leg. <laughs> Life's not worth living anymore. Well, what? And th- so, but I liked that that happened. Because it gave, 
Because he's, Jamie's like a man's man. That's the thing with him. Like, that's his biggest flaw, right? He is like, he is a man's man to the nth degree. And like, you wouldn't catch him thinking about a life where he couldn't be that, right? And so to him, even though, and like, what I really liked is that Ian gave him the what um, to gave him gave him what for which i thought was good because i mean as we know you know young ian's father lost a leg mm-hmm. and lived quite a fulfilling life i'd say um he's got a million kids after just can't yeah. stop producing <laughs> you well, don't need yeah. your leg to produce babies is what it's true um ian senior taught me pretty much yeah um, and you just need a strong wife who, you know, will make sure that things get done. And oh, guess what? Jamie has one of those too. Like, he would have been fine. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I was nice. It was good that he had that sort of thought process so that then Ian could tell him, he like, basically, like, you just, that's a big fuck you to my dad is what you just It's a did. big fuck you to my dad. And it's a big fuck you to Fergus. Mm-hmm. Your adopted son. Mm-hmm. And that was, that really was heartbreaking. And, yeah, and so, I totally empathized with Ian when he got pissed off about that. Because I was pissed off too. Mm-hmm. But also. But I mean, it, at the same time, it, it seems like, it's felt like a weird out of character thing. Because one of the most striking things that I remember about Jamie from the first book, and they didn't do a great job of it, I don't think in the... Um, in the show, but in the first book, when Claire, like, painstakingly resets all of the bones in his hand. His hand, yeah. And whatnot, and he, and she comes to the realization that he's looking at his reconstructed hand with, like, awe and wonder, because Mm -hmm. she comes to the realization that in his time, the solution would have been to cut it off. Yeah, and he didn't even think it was a possibility to use it again. Yeah, and she didn't even, and and to her, the thought of cutting it off didn't even cross her mind. Mm -hmm. And so when I think of, when I think about Jamie and, like, that reaction, it's, it's, like, it kind of didn't make sense to me that he would have that same reaction about losing his leg. Because, like, this is just kind of what happens. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I think in concept, but I think it's really different from, like, Fergus was super unlikely to die from losing his hand. Uh-huh. A leg is totally different. Like, in terms of recovery and blood loss, like, uh-huh. it's dicey considering he's got fucking snake venom just coursing through his oh, veins. Oh, boy, does he. Giving him, as I'm calling it, big snake energy. That, and it was so gross. It was disgusting. And I knew I had the maggots were coming, and I fucking hated every second of it. Yeah, I had to look away. But did I laugh very hard when Fergus said, well, he's about to become a man of leisure? Yes, I did. Me too. I thought it was great. Yes, I did. And again, Fergus, Fergus, unflappable, delightful. More Fergus, please. I thought we were going to see Fergus deliver his own baby with one hand. That would have been amazing. But also... The, the, just to jump to that for just a second, I really like that she was like, well, no, we can't go home. We're going to have this baby right now. Yeah. And just and like for her to be just, like, Fergus, Fergus. And he's like, what? <laughs> like, if your wife is screaming at you like that, you wouldn't be like, uh-huh. I'm sorry. What? When she's that pregnant? Like, Fergus, yeah. come on. Yeah. 
But also, like, why were they walking out in the woods when she was that pregnant? Like, there, I had a lot of questions about that. I, know. I was just like, oh, whatever, it's fine. But um, it was so delightful. I loved every second it really of it. Was. Him speaking it was... French to his kids. Oh, I know. Oh. It was so cute. It was so cute. Um, oh. But yeah, I, I felt like... I felt like with Jamie in this episode... Because, well, I mean, he was the vehicle for which we got other stuff out of the other characters. And I think that that was important. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important, obviously, that the snake bite happens to him and not mm-hmm. to someone else. Because he's the patriarch and there's all of those sort of... It's a high-risk situation, yeah. Those roles and responsibilities and whatnot. Um, and, that, and, and, I mean, the fact that it was Roger that was with him, like, there is sort of that little bit of, like... Redemption on Roger's part. Yeah, because he did the thing, and then, but, but yeah, I was just like, oh god, he can't make any noise. What's gonna happen? Uh, and then you know, bangs the, the tree, and they hear him eventually, and bring Jamie back, and it's fine. And then, and Claire, like, I was, I was actually impressed at how well she held it all together. Yeah, because she was like, this is a mortality situation. Yeah, uh, absolutely, I was shocked it is. At, at how, at how she held it together. Um, but then, also, like, Claire, the- you know that fucking penicillin milk ain't gonna work. You know it's not gonna work. Like, yeah. what are you doing? But she didn't have a way to inject it. <sighs> she could Until her engineer daughter, which was just like, I was annoyed by that. It was just stupid. Like, I get because- it and it worked, but like, it was just so dumb. It was so dumb because... I just don't understand why they hadn't been trying to recreate a syringe. That mm-hmm. is literally the most important thing that she has done is recreate penicillin in this time where mm-hmm. fucking one cc of it is going to wipe out <laughs> the most virulent bug that yep. exists in this time. And she's just like, well, I guess it's gone. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, what have you been doing? Yeah. Like, yeah, I know. Ugh, that was really frustrating to me. It was very frustrating because it, it felt very... Contrived. Oh, well, a little bit contrived. And then, like, Brie, you know, coming in at the last possible second with her mm-hmm. solution. And then the explanation. I'm like, just fuck off. Like, it was, it was like, you monologuing before. You don't know about before. snakes. Like, it was you're, like, you're not a fucking zoologist. Before. I know. Yeah. I know. I know. It was like monologuing before you kill somebody and that leave, leaves them alive, ultimately, right? Like, it was yeah. the same kind of thing. It was very much just like a MacGuffin, mm-hmm. which was frustrating, but, like, it was so gross. At the very end there, when she, like, injected the, ven- the, the whatever. Into his oh, leg. Whoa! I had to cover whoa. the screen. I was, just, I, like, put my hand up in front of it and I was like, no, I can't watch this. Yeah, I looked away. It was it disgusting. Was... Absolutely horrible. Which means there's no also, good special like, effects or, or practical makeup effects for the rest of the season because they blew the budget on that episode. But again, unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you are introducing an unsterilized object to an infected area. Like, that is so stupid. Uh-huh. Ugh, well, and she just the, the thing that choices. I thought was interesting about that little bit with Jamie and his foot was when he was still moving his toes... Yeah, and right before Claire was gonna cut a, cut his leg off, She's he like, could still goodbye, move his old toes. friend. <laughs> and I was just, and like I was just like, oh, oh, poor dude. <laughs> Sorry, dude, <laughs> that sucks. But I think interesting about Jamie is how he told Roger to tell Claire to go back to her own time. Mm-hmm. Fuck that 
to mm-hmm. me was a dagger through the heart. Mm-hmm. Like, she gave up everything to mm-hmm. be here for you. And you're just going to be like, well, I'm gonzo, so go back to your old life, I guess. It just felt so inconsiderate of Jamie. Except I don't think that he means it that way, right? Like, I think in his mind, I think he knows that she gave up a lot to be there. And without him there, how difficult it will be. Yeah, I don't think, I think it's, I don't think it's like a... I think it's not a selfish thing on his part. I think it's a way to protect her. Huh. Um. Because Roger ain't gonna do it. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. I mean, now that Ian's back, Ian could probably protect her. Uh, um. Ian, Ian and Ferguson, talk about miniseries potential. Right? Like, they could just be, <laughs> they could just be like, I don't know what they would be. They Fucking- could be... Fucking backcountry detectives, Ian <laughs> and Fergus, on the case. Get fucking Fergus a little Sherlock Holmes fucking chapeau. Yeah. And it'll be a hell of a time. Um, I was thinking they could also be, because the way that their personalities come through every once in a while, um, Statler and Waldorf, just like watching <laughs> yeah. shit happen and just talking about it, I think would be yeah. kind of fun. And fucking like, Marsalis, the medical examiner. Yeah. <laughs> and by the end of this, and like somehow they just end up with more kids. So like by the end of the little <laughs> series, there's like 18 children running around. Yeah. <laughs> like. Oh, man. We talk a lot about how Jamie's king of men and probably king of the bedroom, etc. But we're forgetting that Fergus was raised in a brothel. And Fergus yes. knows some shit. And he only has one hand, and he's got three kids, and we'll just leave it at that. Yeah, just like you don't need fucking two legs to have a lot of kids, you apparently oh. don't need two hands either. There you go. Um, but yeah, so the yeah Jamie's like man pain in this, I think was was very much a plot device used yeah. to used to fir- give Ian some screen time mm-hmm. and, and Roger and give him again. and and yeah, but give Ian that place back in the family a little bit. Yeah. Where he doesn't feel quite so much like an outsider. Um, well, and he's the only one that's there during amputation time. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who shows up. And Crowley's like, where the fuck is everyone? <laughs> you think only two people can do this? Like, mm-hmm. obviously she doesn't know Marsley's out, you know, having again. But <laughs> And that Roger and Brie are, like, out looking for whatever it is they're doing. Um discovering the snake's heading uh anyway whatever so stupid um <laughs> that it aggravated me but mm-hmm. but you know he's there and he shows up and like the fact that he like kept fergus away mm-hmm. was really sweet i thought yeah and and fergus's response i think was also really sweet like it doesn't matter what i feel about what he said about me like he's yeah. He needs us right now. And yeah. so regardless, we have to do that for him cuz he would yeah. do that for us. Like he yeah. would never abandon us yeah. even if but we I... called him, you know, all the a fucking dirty red coat. Like he would never in your hour yeah. of need abandon you. No, and I think it was re- but yeah, I just thought like Ian's intention of keeping Fergus away I thought was really sweet. Yeah, it was. Like it was I mean a little it was I don't think it was even misguided. I think just think it was just very sweet of him to try and protect Fergus, Fergus from yeah. 
from but that's, Jamie. That's 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 the Ian that we remember. That's yes. the sensitive, conscientious, like almost overly sense not sensitive. What's the word I'm looking for? Mm. Overly empathetic mm-hmm. at times. Um, well, and I also think that that's one of the reasons why in the episode previous that Ian and Roger were the ones who had that conversation. Yeah. Because I think as much as, as I think Ian and Roger have a lot more in common than we would n- necessarily notice think. right away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, but Bree shows up with the with the snake, the snake head, Fucking... and now Jamie doesn't lose yeah. his leg. So here we are. Here we are. Okay, when Claire, so here's the other thing. Claire clearly could have gone fucking buffalo hunting with Jamie. She's clearly a good shot. She killed Mm -hmm. that fucking thing as it was moving fast with one shot. That was so stupid. It was really dumb. It was so fucking stupid. It made me so angry. I kind of, I mean, I realized what Brie was trying to do, but I was hoping it would just hit Lizzie and be done with it. Like... (laughs) (laughs) like she just Lizzie's like (laughs) Lizzie's like fear and future of being (laughs) an indentured servant like Mm -hmm. abused by her family has come true (laughs) like (laughs) yeah she I don't know if she has a great life but she's bound in service to her for whatever reason yeah she sure is Sure is. Okay, we've been talking way too long about Outlander. <laughs> like an hour. Uh, yeah. Spoilers, I guess. Sorry about that. Um, I know what's coming in the rest of the season, and I'm looking forward to it. Like that's the thing about knowing what's coming anyway. I don't particularly care. I'm looking forward to seeing Stephen Bonnet again. Because mm-hmm. if we like, could get know, his shirt off in a scene, fuck, no kidding. Holy, I read a review of the episode yesterday, and they're like, "Did they cast? I can't remember the actor's name, but like, did they cast his son to play Jemmy?" And I was like, well, maybe they did. I don't know. Oh, no. Because he looks a lot like... Does he? He's very blonde. He yeah, and I he's got, like, that. those big, kind of big eyes and whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, I really enjoy, um, <laughs> really very much enjoy Stephen Bonnet, even though he's an awful person. Um, well, yeah, he looking- provides a little... Something more interesting than all this fucking family drama. Well, the thing that I think is interesting about him is that, like, we... Because we're looking at all of the stuff that happens through the lens of Claire and her family, Mm -hmm. it's really easy for us to say that Stephen Bonnet is an awful... an awful person. Mm -hmm. But if we were looking at it through a different lens... And I, I think it's the same with any of these kind of shows, right? Like, any sort of... Even, like, The Last Kingdom. Like, Uhtred is a fucking asshole. A hundred percent. Which I'm going like, to talk about a couple of things about that here when we're done. But, like, if, oh God, if it was This episode's going to be three hours long. Just buckle no, up. If, <laughs> if it wasn't Uhtred's story, I would hate him. Well, for sure. Right? And I think this is the same thing, right? Like, Jamie, again, does... He's, he's a good character. And, and because he's the person that Claire's in love with and whatever, whatever. Like, we look at him sympathetically most of the time. Yeah. But, but if he it does was 
extremely stupid shit. Oh god, does he ever. Like, 90% of the, the bad things that happen to them are his own fault. Or like, Can you like, imagine the story told from Murtaugh's perspective and is like, here we fucking go again. <laughs> no, do you know what the story I want? I want the story from Fergus's perspective, is what I would 100%. like. 100%. I want yes. I want to know what this little nine year old boy in a brothel thought of this like giant Scotsman, um, and then like once for you know as Fergus grows up, I would love to know Fergus's perspective on all of this shit, yeah. and Ian too. Like when Ian comes back, fuck me, I would love Ian's perspective on like the family. Uh huh. That's what I'm as- saying. Put them together. Mm-hmm. Give us a story, Diana. <laughs> oh, yeah. What are you doing with? I your don't time? like. I don't like Nick Kroll, and I'm gonna be very clear about this. But like an oh hello style, whatever with Fergus and Ian would be just like, <laughs> <laughs> just amazing. <laughs> No, as we flash forward to like 1791 and they're <laughs> telling the story to an autobiographer. <laughs> that would oh, be boy. hilarious. Uh, yeah. Okay, we need yeah. to move away. <laughs> okay, we do. Um, but yeah, so Outlander, watch it. It's good. Um, yeah, I've been rewatching The Last Kingdom. Because, like I said, because season four is, is coming up on Sunday. And it's um, just an excellent show. It's an it's, excellent show. It's so good, and it's so well made. And, like, watching it again, because I've only watched season three once. And so um, I'm, I've am i got, like, two episodes left, I think, in season two. And then I'll watch season three, and then I'll be good to go. But it's really... It's really well made. And they do such a good job with telling the story that's in the books and, and not putting in all of these like extraneous details and stuff. Mm. Um, but some of the stuff that I've noticed this, like watching it again, uh, it's just like, just how, um, socially aware and socially adept Uhtred is for all of the dumb fucking things that he does. And there are so many of them. So many. Like, he just is the kills cause, a priest in a church. He's just the cause him. of, like, 95% of everyone's problems, not just his own. Um, but the, he understands so well mm-hmm. what is expected of a person in his position at every point in the story. Yeah. So, like, he at one point in time is, is, is captured as a slave, right? And he still technically is an uh, or an elderman of Wessex um Mm -hmm. technically right but he understands at that point in time what his position is Mm -hmm. and how to navigate all of those relationships and he understands really well when it's time for him to sort of act more Danish yeah 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 than Saxon and like do all of those things and like which is why it's his story, right? And which is why the character is fleshed out the way that it is. But, like, he, of all of the characters that we see, he is probably the most adept at those interactions. Oh, for sure. Like... Because he's, <laughs> he's just so able to navigate all of these worlds. There's and so... There's so many that could be at the bottom of that list. <laughs> oh, like, my lord, yes. Like, Ethelwald needs to fucking die. The thing is, though, is that I would also put Hild up there with him. Yes, and the two... Here's what I want. So, like, obviously, we're never going to get this. I want, like, a buddy cop style with those two. Because she, like, calls him on his shit at all moments of of the day. Mm -hmm. 
they do not like he cannot get away with anything with her mm-hmm. around. But she also brings him back to himself after he comes back from this slavery experience. Mm-hmm. And like, oh yes, absolutely. And that she's, scene is so gorgeous. And she's the person that he goes to for that. Uh huh. It's not you know it. There's other people he could have gone to, but she's the person that he seeks out for that sort of that little bit of redemption. Yeah. That scene uh, and- is so gorgeous. It always <laughs> makes me think, like, did they do this in a one Because they had that sunset oh, for such a fleeting moment. Yeah. They're not going to set up and do more takes and... No. Like, ugh, there's no way. I think well, they must have done that one. My one favorite shot. thing about that, that other than the lighting, is that he hits on her and she's like, no, absolutely not. Yeah, she's like, I've seen who you are. I've seen your whole being and how you carry yourself. (laughs) Yeah, and there's a lot of things wrong with this. Um, But no, it's just been interesting to watch that sort of navigation between all of these different things. And and, and if you pay, if you watch it closely enough after you've like seen it through, because you get the story and you can watch for like small Mm -hmm. details and that kind of stuff, you start to notice stuff about different characters and how they're clothed and you kind of can start to figure out the differences between the characters mm-hmm. and who they are in their and their positions in in their own communities based on you know their yeah. outward appearance and, and that kind of stuff but then like i remember texting you when i started watching it again but how matthew mcfadgen was just done dirty and like not in this for long enough and it's true he should have been in it for much longer um yeah. but i still think one of my favorite things in this entire series is the transition of utrud from a boy to a man because you when love like, him in that dirty pool well there's the dirty <laughs> there's, pond there's that, but, like, we don't have to watch the fucking kid grow up. Yeah. Right? It's just that, that passage of time. And, and you know because you've watched enough stuff that that's him coming out of the water mm-hmm. again. And you're like, oh, you're an adult now. Cool. Let's, like, move on with the story. Um, but, yeah, just, like, the intricacies of, of that society are really, really fascinating to me. And I'm at the point now where um, uh, Ethel Flood and Eric have... I can't remember. Have they left yet? No, I don't think they've left yet. Not together. But they're together. Um, and that whole bit is, like, one of my favorite arcs in there. And it's so heartbreaking because... Oh, it is. You have someone who... Who can truly love her and respects her. And yet... Uh-huh. She... She can... It cannot be. Like, it cannot nope. and it will not be. And it's it can, so It can be for, like, a fleeting moment, but, like, the, it cannot be a thing. Yeah. yeah. And I just fucking hate Alfred's wife so oh, much. She's the worst. I just... She... I, she's, I think she might be my least favorite character in the show. Because she's just... In season one, she's okay. But Over Ethelwald? Because the thing with Ethelwald that I think puts him just above her is that you understand where he's coming from? I understand his motivations for uh-huh. her. She's already the king's wife. She has nothing... nothing to gain. There's nothing to prove. She just wants to make him suffer because she's a bigot. Yeah, like, she's <laughs> she's she's awful. Whereas Ethelwald, I, and I also think Ethelwald, to be fair, has a fairly legitimate grievance that he's not the king. Of course. Yes. And so I feel like for him, he, I mean, he does the wrong things and, you know, fucks himself over ultimately, but he at and least- And he's a he, terrible person. He is a terrible person, <laughs> but he, he has something to, to earn. 
mm-hmm. and to prove. And because none of these people are good people. That's the thing. Hilda's probably the best the person. The only one. Yeah. In the show. She um, still allows some shit to happen, though. She does. She does. He um, won't be happy about, but. But but I think with Ethelwald, like, he's not a, he, you're right. He's a terrible person. However, his motivation is clear to me, whereas Elswith's is not. Like, no. you are, your husband is already the king and your daughter mm-hmm. is married to is is what's his face is he the king of mercia or is yes, he the son he of is. the king yeah so your daughter is also married to a king yeah like and what fucking more like, do you need you've had battles you've proven yourself as as a nation nearly that you are strong and almost united and yet yeah. you cannot trust someone who has done all of this in your name like yeah because he's different like just she she sucks i hate her so much and every time she shows up on screen i'm always just like i know i wish there was a cut of the show where she isn't in it (laughs) oh her and roger could go be on a show together and as well as the tiger king without any animal abuse in it so i can watch it fair enough yeah um, but yeah, so I've been, it's been good to re- to rewatch that show. Um, cause I've also like, I've read all the books, right? And so I kind of know what's coming in and, and whatever else, but it's just, it's good. And it's super well-made mm-hmm. is the, I think the other thing that I'm, I'm really appreciative of is like, it's a really well-made show. And I, when I rewatched season one and I saw Abba get his Achilles tendon sliced again, I still couldn't look at it. I was just like, no, cause you know, it's coming. Yeah. And if you and pay it's... any attention at all, when he comes out of his tent, he's, like, not where He's just got, like, a tunic and some pants on. And they, yeah, like, start... Like, and the camera's on his feet. And then yeah. it pans up. And you're like, oh, right. Cool. Thanks for that notice. Um, but nothing prepares you for how gross that is. No, but it's it's not even, like... What I really like about that show is... It's extremely well made in, like, how realistic... It's shot and everything everything in that show looks like it exists in a world. There's mm-hmm. no there's no bullshit bison CGI hitting nope. fucking Brianna as if she was just hit by a fucking VW beetle. But the thing that I really appreciate about that show <laughs> thank you. Sorry, I'm just now imagining that's <laughs> yeah, what they did. Image. That's how like they it. did it, and then they just put a bison over top of the yeah. beetle. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it it looked like. Um, But that show is brilliantly (laughs) paced. Yes. There is no wasted time in that show. No. And no wasted episodes. Like, it's it's so brilliant in that way. That I think Outlander needs to take a fucking lesson from. Well, that's the difference, I think, ultimately. uh, Because the first season of Last Kingdom was BBC production. Yeah. And that's how British shows are made, right? Like, there's, a, there's yeah. a pacing to them that we don't have. And Outlander, even though it's only 13 episodes, it's still an American show. Um, and, they and like, the Outlander, or not the Outlander, the Last Kingdom episodes are all, I think, like, 59 minutes long as well. Mm-hmm. Like, they're exactly an hour. There's none of this, like, hour and ten or hour and seven minutes. Like, it's exactly an hour of runtime. Yeah. Get and in, it gives you everything out. you need. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's... It's been good to watch it again, and it's interesting watching it and watching Outlander at the same time, um, because they're two, you know, like, they're two shows, obviously, like, based on book series and whatever, and there's the historical component to them and whatnot, but I always feel like when I'm watching The Last Kingdom versus watching Outlander, that, like, 
the stakes are always so much higher in The Last Kingdom. Yeah. Because uh, because of the story and the context and the time and whatever. But I also feel like the characters in The Last Kingdom, we don't get as many characters who are as well fleshed out as we do in Outlander, but we also mm-hmm. don't need them. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Because it's just, it's like constant fighting. It's yeah, just, it's just constant. It is, but it's also... Maybe I'm talking out of school because I, I I know I've talked shit in, well, had criticisms of The Last Kingdom before. But it doesn't feel, nothing in that show feels unearned. Like there's no, like when Ubba's dead, you're like, fuck, yes. Like, finally. Redemption, mm-hmm. he has proved himself. Like, everything in that show is an earned victory or an earned defeat for that character. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel mm-hmm. false. Well, and the thing with Abba's death that I was impressed with as well, like, the scene itself, um, you know, like, he slices the Achilles tendon, and, like, a lesser man would have let him bleed out. Mm-hmm. But Uhtred still lives by that warrior's code. Mm-hmm. And so he stabs him in the heart and then demands that Abba gets a pyre. Yep. Or, or like let's is, still do this the right way. Yeah, because he he's this is this is what happens when you die in battle. But it's also it's a respect for your opponent, and that's mm-hmm. what Uhtred has that <laughs> none of the other characters do. Like when Ragnar dies without his sword in his hand. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, that's fucking heartbreaking, and how Brita takes it like. Uh-huh. Oh my god. Uh-huh. That's one of the most brutal brutal parts of the show. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, and it, it's very much... Um, yeah, and, and Uhtred like, has that understanding that this is how things need to be. And that's part of his mm-hmm. problem, though, is that he's very black and white about all of the things that he does. <laughs> and he's like, no, this is how it's going to be. It's my way or it's not going to be anyway. And then you're like, well, okay, have fun. Yeah. In the times, in the time, in the bad times that we now live, <laughs> or that we continue to live, he would consider himself one of those exceptional people that <laughs> do not need to social distance or, <laughs> you know, yes. follow the rules that are designed to protect everyone. Oh yeah, because let's be honest here, his belief in like, um, destiny. Uh, and destiny and and fate and whatever and whatever are is like Alex Jones type conspiracy shit. So like, here's where Richard lies on that spectrum. However, not in, nec- no, I would I take umbrage with that, but continue. In the ninth century, Richard's way is fine. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like he's totally he, he appropriate. He ultimately believes because you're right though. But you're right, though. He ultimately believes that consequences do not apply to him in any capacity whatsoever. And then when they do, he's sort of like, wait a minute. Why me? And you're like, well, let me list the things that you've done that that earned this for you. But that's the thing. The thing that I think makes him separately from Alex Jones is, A, he's got... <laughs> he's got a proven track record of success. <laughs> that, okay, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> and he he also has a list that he can go to and be like... Sure, I sucker punched that one dude to death who was a dwarf, but also he insulted my wife, 
my dead wife and also i've won 80 fucking battles for you edward cut me some fucking slack i'm hanging on by a wires thread right now like yeah that's fair enough yeah that's fair um but yes, it's uh, well, and it's funny too watching. It's funny you say that about the social distancing, because watching both of the shows and the last couple episodes of Outlander, because they've been these like small family episodes, it's not quite the same. But watching Last Kingdom and watching how these people live together, oh, it's disgusting. It's so gross. I was just like, oh, no, you can't. That's too close. Too well, even close. just thinking of how like Father Bayoka doesn't notice in his house that a secret basement is being dug under the floorboards because there's just dirt everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's there's nothing. It's like, oh, wait a second. Whereas, like, I was watching an episode of Gilmore Girls on the weekend when I was working on some stuff for school. And Lorelai, she's, like, in Rory's uh, dorm room in at Yale. And she, like, stops and she sniffs and she's like, my mother's been here. Like, th- there's <laughs> no physical evidence whatsoever. <laughs> Of anything, but she's like, my yeah. mother's been in here. And Rory's like, what are you talking about? She's like, can't you smell it? And Rory's like, no. And then it turns out that her mother had been there. But it was just really, it's really, really funny. That yeah, that's... like, in Last Kingdom, how how do you separate dirt from belongs <laughs> from dirt that does not belong? Like, well, <laughs> well, it's like when, uh, in, it's like when they get, oh, what's that fucking guy? Scorpa? Is that his name? Yes. Oh, it's like when. Scorpa. When they make the deal, when he, you know, and he, like, takes the king's silver or whatever and gets a little tiny bit of it, and then, what's her name? She's like, oh, there's more. And they go and just buried this, like, chest of silver, like, in the pig pen. Uh-huh. And it's just like, oh, okay, that, that makes sense. Cool. And they're just like, yep, that's that's what I would do. Like, yeah, yeah, okay. It's just ridiculous. And, and, and serial killers around the globe went, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> light bulb inspiration yeah yeah it's uh anyway it's good it's a good and if i don't know we've talked about this before but if you've never watched it you should watch it because it's very entertaining uh, and then you should read the books because there's so many of them and they're really really good and again the only thing that disappoints me about this show is that they never once reference the name of utrid's sword because in the books what? it is it has a yeah. name Yes, in the books, it's called Serpent Breath. And I can't remember. I'd have to go back to the first book and look at why. But it has to do, like, with the stone that's in the handle. And, and <gasps> he names the sword Serpent Breath. And that's the sword, amazing. The sword is, like, it's not quite a character of its own. But it's very much a big part of who he is. Of course it is. Of course it is. Yeah. And so, like, so when you, when you talk about, like, Ragnar dying without a sword in his hand. Yes. Um, Ragnar's sword also would have had a name, right? Like, of course. Because that and was a part of... And yes, yes. Yes. And so the fact that in the show they haven't addressed that bothers me. Because it's when he gets the sword for the first time and, like, names it, ultimately. Like, it's, it's, mm-hmm. almost, it's almost ceremonial. Well, yeah, happens. it's a huge part of his identity, yeah. right? Like, that's going to be the weapon in which he... He will live by by the sword and die yes. by the sword, quite literally. And, and the thing in which he carves his future, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think so we only have time for one quiz. <laughs> We're the, fact that that is, the fact that that is missing from the show bothers me. Yeah, absolutely. That's a huge detail. Yeah. Okay, well, you said you had two quizzes. I also yeah. got some questions from Jess. 
Why don't we just do one quiz and questions, okay. just because we're okay. running a bit long. Okay, what are your quizzes? Um, my quiz is, can you get all the questions right to become a millionaire and who wants to be a millionaire? Let's do it. Okay, let me open the fucking thing. <sighs> okay, so this is from 2003. Okay. So, for $100, which of these projectiles is normally shot from a slingshot? A stone, an arrow, a cannonball, or mom's meatloaf? Ugh, a stone. You bet. From 1994 to 2001, Rudy Giuliani served as the 107th mayor of what city? New York. Correct. For $300, which of these utensils is commonly used to stir-fry food? A wok, a crockpot, a colander, or a rotisserie? A wok. I wouldn't call a wok a utensil, but whatever. I'd For call $500, yes. yeah. Which of these animal names is also a term often used to refer to a spy? A bull, a mole, a flea, or a tiger? A mole. Correct. For $1,000, the olive branch is an ancient symbol of what? Knowledge, peace, wealth, or strength? Peace. Correct. For $2,000, a Zamboni is a machine used to do what? <laughs> I don't know. Just say the, it. Just clear the ice or clean, flood the ice, smooth yeah. it out. Yeah, whatever. Resurface ice rinks. There we go. I was it's like, definitely what, not... Definitely not shoot tennis balls. Um, For $4,000, the 1995 movie The Usual Suspects takes its title from a famous line in what movie? Casablanca, The Godfather, Cool Hand Luke, or North by Northwest? The Usual Suspects takes its title from a famous line in what movie? Can you say those again? Casablanca... The Godfather, yeah. Cool Hand Luke, or North by Northwest? Um, Would you like to use phone a friend? Sure. It's Casablanca. That was what I was leaning towards. So, okay. Thanks. <laughs> For $8,000, this is when I lost because I don't know anything about this. Um, in the game of chess, which of these pieces is never able to use... Or, sorry, able to move diagonally. A pawn, a king, a queen, or a rook. Now, I'll help you out because the dude who did this used his 50-50. And what he was left with were king and rook. Uh, I think it's the rook. Correct. Oh my goodness, we're in uncharted territory now for me. (laughs) On the TV series, Everybody Loves Raymond... Raymond and his wife have a total of how many children? One, two, three, or four. Oof. Now again, he had to ask the audience for help on this one. 82% said three, 13% said two, and 5% said four. Remember, this is 2003. (laughs) And it was a sitcom, so I'm going to say probably three, because families of five are infinitely more interesting than families of four. You are correct. Okay. 
What rock group is named after a gym teacher who taught at the original band members' high school? The Birds, Leonard okay. Skinnerd, Jefferson Airplane, or Pink Floyd? Ooh, gym teacher, hey? Yep. Give me a second here. I think it's Leonard Skinnerd. Yeah, I'm going to go with Leonard Skinnerd. Yeah, that's my final answer. You're correct. Oh my God. We're at 64,000, Megan. This is so excited. I'm sweating. <laughs> okay. The flu vaccine is not recommended for people who are very allergic to what food? I'm going to have to yell at my expert for this in a second, but. Okay. Peanuts, eggs, milk, or honey? Um. Can you say those again? Peanuts, yeah. eggs, milk, honey. It's eggs. You think so? Yeah. I'm like 99% sure. Do you want me to press that? Sure. Yeah. Oh my god, you're right. <laughs> For $125,000, yeah. anti-communist leader Joseph McCarthy served as a U.S. senator for which state? Wisconsin. Oh, Final shit. Answer. You find fucking no scope to that one. Yeah. Sorry, Great buddy. job. <laughs> Woo. $250,000. Published in 1936, the first issue of Life magazine had a Margaret Burke white photo of mm-hmm. what on its cover? A dam, a flower garden, a volcano, or a lighthouse? Um, ooh, that is, I think, was 1936? Yes. I think, I think, I think it's a dam. You think in Hoover Dam? I think so. Because that was like in the middle of the works, the WPA stuff. Oh my god, you're right. Holy shit. $500,000. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so this is a long quote, Okay. Okay. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, is inscribed in the lobby of what agency's headquarters? Okay. The FBI, the CIA, the Department of Education, or the Library of Congress? I think it's the CIA. Now, to help you out, Kevin Smith used his phone a friend... And his friend told him he believed the answer to be Library of Congress and that he felt 80% sure about it. Uh, no, it's not the Library of Congress. I'm going to stick with the CIA. Holy shit! It's the final question, man! (laughs) (laughs) Okay, are you ready? You're so funny. Yes. The U.S. icon, Uncle Sam was based on Samuel Wilson, who worked during the War of 1812 as what? A meat inspector, a mail deliverer, a historian, or a weapons mechanic? Uh, I think he was a... I think he was a meat inspector. I'm pretty sure. Let's go with that. Final answer. You are... A millionaire, Megan. Yes! I knew all this fucking random knowledge would get me something. Holy shit, you fucking crushed it. 
Those last three questions were crazy hard. Oh my god. Congratulations. I would like a cut. <laughs> so, so two weeks ago, we did a trivia night with uh, friends, like some friends from work over Google Meet, and it was super fun. Um, and they're doing one, re- well, they did one tonight, but I was like, no, I have other things to do. Uh, and it was a total of 80 points. Would you like to know how many points I got out of 80? 69. 74. Damn it. And the next closest person got 63. And I was like, I should not try. I wasn't even really trying that hard. But I was just like, mm, I'm going to say... Avoid this for a while. I'm sorry, guys. Well, you've proven your superiority on this podcast yet again. And, like, to be fair, 10 of the questions in this trivia night were like, was this a Trump tweet or a Kanye tweet? And I didn't know. So it was like a 50-50 chance on 10 of them. Um, and I didn't know for sure, for sure. But I was listening to, like, the word, the pattern of words, and I was like, oh, that's yeah. a Trump tweet. That's a Trump tweet. Kanye would have said that. Like, I had, I didn't know for sure who said what, but I was like, oh, I'm pretty certain. You were able to use context clues to that, figure it yes, out. Yes, that Kanye yeah. wouldn't use the phrase haters and losers. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Like, that's yeah. kind of my, my thought. Mm-hmm. But anyway. Um, okay, so I got some questions from Jess. Uh, she was, she texted me some earlier, so here we go. Um, uh, okay. Um, bum, 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 Okay. Uh, here's a pandemic question. Um, given that a lot of public places will be full of people, quote, social distancing, how are you going to get outside as the weather turns? Yeah, this was really tricky for me today because I was super sick last week and had 10 days of isolation just as a precaution. Um, And today was my first day that I could go out into the world again. And I was so mad at how many people were outside. (laughs) Because it's just like, all I was trying to do is walk my dog. And Mm -hmm. the amount of times where I had to violate the six feet or two meters apart was super frustrating. But yeah, I, one of the things I was thinking, my like my dad, if the golf course is open, my dad will obviously go golfing because that's his gem. Um, but one of the things that him and I used to do, sort of, that we kind of stopped doing, we'd, we'd go geocaching. Yes, I've heard people talking about geocaching lately. We did some when we were in France and Belgium and in Ireland and whatever, dad and I, which was kind of fun. Like around Dublin, there's a whole bunch, which was super fun um, to find. But I think that might be a good way to... Yeah, for sure. I think that might be a good way to get outside because it's kind of a niche thing. And also there's lots of places you can go that you're not going to find other people. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's one, I know there's one location where there's at least one cache that's like on highway 14 east of Edmonton oh. um, between like the Henday and highway 21. Essentially there's like, there's, it's in between the, it's in between like the east and westbound lanes of the highway. There's like this little kind of overgrown natural area and there's a couple in there and you can kind of traipse around a little bit in there and that kind of stuff so I think something like that because yeah it's gonna be hard to avoid people let's be honest here well especially because we're all so desperate yeah for anything that's not just staying inside anymore like it's it's gonna be really challenging I think we're gonna see quite a spike in cases but yes I mean I'm also gonna sit in my parents backyard and read books in the sun so like there's that as well um yes but you're a rational person (laughs) yes but that's also like something I actually legitimately enjoy doing isolation or not Uh, yes so okay uh okay uh here's a an fmk 
Uh, David Boreana's edition. This is so funny. Oh, no. <laughs> it's Angel, Booth, or the dude from the Seal show. Because he's oh, on a new man. show right now. Because, yeah, Jess is watching uh, Bones right now. Oh, okay. She's like, she's like, I'm only watching it until they get together, and then I'm going to stop. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. God, put that on our tombstones, Megan. Right? <laughs> right? Um, and I, I've looked at this for a number of hours now, and I still don't really have an answer. I was not really a big fan of Angel. Like, I didn't... That was not really my jam. He just doesn't have an aesthetic that works for me. Yeah. Um... I'd probably prefer Seely Booth over the others, but he's also just like he's what I call a soft bigot where he thinks he's being like a rational educated person who has, uh-huh. you know, some street smarts. Uh-huh. But I don't know if I could live with that dude. I think I could live with him better than I could live with the Angel? other two. Yeah, 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 yeah that's true. I think you fuck the Navy SEAL, and you kill Angel, and then you marry Seely Booth. I think that's probably the, the yeah, right answer. Yeah, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Okay, um, how many pillows do you have in your bed? Uh, Jess says she has five. I have four, but, like, also nine blankets, so whatever. I can use those as pillows, too, if I really need them. I only have two. I share a bed, so I don't necessarily have a ton of space to... Fair enough. To waste with a fucking six foot one dude next to me in a queen bed. Where are we gonna put pillows? True. True, true. Um, okay, pillow top or firm mattress? Pillow top for sure. Absolutely. Like, the mattress underneath can be pretty firm, but the pillow top is, is crucial. Yeah, I need a soft bed. Um, okay, last question FMK. Last Kingdom, Outlander, or Brooklyn Nine Nine? Oh, no. <laughs> this this might be controversial. I'm going to say something really controversial here. Are you going to kill Outlander? I am going to kill Outlander because yeah, I've got I'm the books. Yeah, I'm going to kill Outlander too. And I think you want to marry Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Yes, and you fuck Last Kingdom. That's exactly yeah, correct, man. Yeah. Yes. Because, like, like, Last Kingdom is really fucking good. Mm-hmm. But you couldn't marry it. No, it's just, no. it's a hard thing to live through over and over yeah, and over again. Yeah, real tough after a while. Yeah. yeah, there you go. But when I first saw that, I was like, oh my god. Yeah, it I was. Don't know how to, I don't know how to pick those. It was a tough, like, I'm not going to lie to you, it was a Sophie's Choice situation, mm-hmm. but I think we made the correct one. I saw a question uh, earlier on BuzzFeed and I was looking for a quiz because I sent you that one so we can do it next time. Um, mm-hmm. And it was inspired ultimately because I've been watching Gilmore Girls, and I was like, "Oh, yeah, what '90s boyfriend or '2000s boyfriend TV boyfriend do you have?" Check, great quiz. Um, there was a question about TV shows and stuff, though, and it was like, uh, it was just one of those like agree or disagree things, and see how your vote compares to other people's. Oh yeah. And it was like, and it was, I think it was like both Parks and Rec and Brooklyn Nine Nine are funnier than The Office, and I was like. To me, the thought that came to my head when I saw that question was that shootout in that episode of The Office with, like, Dwight and Andy and Michael. <laughs> They're all shooting I, guns at each other. Yeah, because I was like, there are things about each of those three shows that each of those three shows does really, really well, but it's not the same thing that one of the other shows does really well. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know how you, I don't know how you could qualify. Yeah. Even though they're all just 
Born out of Mike Schur's sick, sick brain. I know. Imagine that brain. Anyway, but it was just kind of funny because that was the first thing that came to my head, which then I think means I disagree with that because the first thing that came to my mind was a scene from The Office. So I was like, no, well, definitely The Office. Well, there you go. There you go. Answer to that question. Um, okay, that's all we have for this week. Sorry about our hour of Outlander. Oh, wasn't it worth it, though? It was very After worth it. After that amazing intro that you had to <laughs> so really good. tease the situation. Oh, fuck, that was so good. Um, okay, so you can find all our things on the internet, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. We have a website, garbagefirepodcast.com. It's my Email mission us. this week to update the website. Megan, okay. this is my bond to you. Mark okay. me. <laughs> Do you okay? How's this? How how's this? I have classes that I need to teach tomorrow morning, and Wednesday morning, and Thursday morning. So while I'm doing my work, you could do your work too. Megan, absolutely (laughs) not. It's not gonna happen. (laughs) I've been working from home a lot longer than you have, Megan. It's not gonna happen. Me and uh, deadlines don't really work. Anymore. Oh, I the only reason I have the schedule is because I have to have the schedule. Otherwise, <laughs> I'd be like, "All right, guys, Friday." <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah. So you can find us all over the place. You can find me on Twitter at Meg14. You can find us on Twitter at Garbage Fire Pod. Uh, there's the Instagram. I may find a dicey picture for this episode. Who knows? I feel like <laughs> we're gonna need one. <laughs> Stay tuned. Uh, yeah, and that is all we have for this week. As always, thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in the dumpster.